Hello, this is Tim Conboy, the pastor of New Life Community Church located in Nashville, Indiana. I'd like to thank you for visiting our podcast, and I trust that God will just bless you and encourage you and speak to your heart as you listen to this message. Thank you again for joining us, and God bless you. Today, as we think of baby dedication, and it's not just baby dedication, it's child dedication. It's dedicating our children to the Lord, and we often refer back to 1 Samuel. And so in 1 Samuel, there was a woman named Hannah who could not bear a child. And she prayed and took it to the Lord. And and the Lord had answered and gave her a child. And she named the child Samuel, which means God hears. And she actually weaned the child and raised the child through its infancy and toddler. So it was... Samuel is probably anywhere between five and three at the time that he was dedicated. So this isn't always about infant dedication. This is about dedicating our children. And I want to just read out of 1 Samuel where we get this practice. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 26, it says, And she, Hannah, said, O my Lord, speaking to Eli the priest, O my Lord, as... Your soul lives, my Lord. I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. Because at one time, Eli misread her and thought that she was praying in her distress and thought that she was drunk and yelled at her. And he's like, I'm not. I'm just distraught over not having a child. And so she goes, I'm the same person. And then verse 27, she said, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I have also, I have given him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be given to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. And they means not only Hannah and her husband, but also the baby, the child, the toddler, as well as Eli. So they worship the Lord during this baby dedication. Now, as we think of baby dedication, I want to share with you, first of all, what baby dedication is not. Baby dedication is not a sacrament. It is not a means of grace. It does not get a child any closer to heaven uh, because we have dedicated that child to the Lord. Some people think that baby dedication covers original sin, and that's not so. All baby dedication is, it is the parents committing themselves to raise their children and nurture and admonition of the Lord. And it is giving that child to the Lord, knowing that it was the Lord who gave that child to them. And then it's also a recognition of the stewardship as parents that we have, that God entrusts us with that child. And when I think of baby dedication, I think of an illustration I know I've shared before, but it bears repeating. I think back of a professor I once had. His name was Dr. Pentecost. That's a pretty good name, don't you think? (laughs) Like, they should have just named him Max II or something. (laughs) Dr. Pentecost shared one time with me when he was in Africa. And when he was in Africa, he would speak and he would teach. He was a, a professor and of uh, really specialized not only in end times, but also in uh, harmony of the Gospels. And so he would preach through the Gospels and teach people. And he found there in Africa that many of the people were coming up and the moms would come up and hand their children uh, to Dwight, to Dr. Pentecost. And he would take the child and he would admire the child and smile and, and hold it. And then he would hand the child back to the parent. And 
he said the moms would just beam. And the, the parents would just stand there with these big smiles holding the child. And then they'd turn and they would leave. And, and this happened time and again. And finally, he asked his interpreter one time, he said, why is it that these women are coming up with their babies and they fight through the crowd to give me their child? And then they leave with this big grin on their face. And the interpreter explained that these people are very, very poor. They have no earthly possessions. The most valuable thing they possess are their children. And when they come up to you and hand you that child, they are saying, this child is yours. They are giving you their most valuable possession. And the interpreter said, you could take that child and you could actually walk and leave with that child. But when you stop and hand the child back to them, you are giving them the most valuable possession that they could ever receive. The greatest gift they could ever receive is then to have that child back. And that's why they just beam, knowing that they, with all their heart, let that child go and gave it to literally a total stranger. And yet that stranger then gave the child back to them. You know, and I think of that, and I think of that in light of baby dedication. I'm reminded that this is exactly what we are doing today. God gives us our children and we have our children and we are to realize that these are a gift of God. Children are a heritage of the Lord. They are a gift from God and we give our children back to the Lord. But then the Lord turns around and He hands our children back to us and as Proverbs chapter 22 tells us, train up a child in a way he shall go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Interesting, it talks about our children from childhood to adulthood, and actually mature adulthood. When they are old, they will not depart from it. When I think of that, what has really been impressed on my heart out of 1 Samuel is what Hannah said. She said, therefore I have given him to the Lord, and then she said this, as long as he lives, he shall be given to the Lord. All the days of his life, he shall be the Lord's states. You know, that's a pretty powerful statement when I think of that. Because even though Samuel was a toddler, and she gave this toddler to the Lord, she said, my dedication isn't just about this toddler. My dedication isn't just about this baby and this moment. My dedication starts this moment as a public recognition that today... I give this child to the Lord, and he is not the Lord's just until he hands it back for me to take care of. He is the Lord's, she is the Lord's all the days of its life. And if you are a parent here with adult children, as am I, you'll realize they are always our children, aren't they? This is a picture I wanted to put up Jerry's daughter there, Ashley. Ashley's an officer in Loudoun County, right next to... Uh, Dulles Airport outside of D.C. area. I posted this because Christmas Eve, Ashley was going to be on duty, but she also was able to stop by the house for a Christmas Eve meal or a little qu quick bite to eat before she went back off of her lunch break. Just before she came to the house, there was a call that came in, officers down. Two officers got shot that evening. They were not killed, praise the Lord. But 
We knew no other detail other than two officers were shot. She was responding to the call, all hands on deck at that time. And when you think of that, and when we were at the house, I remember Jerry's sister saying, doesn't that just scare the daylights out of you to realize that your child is in harm's way like this? And she said, oh, yeah. But she said, but I have given Ashley to the Lord many, many years ago. And Ashley is the Lord's all the days of her life. You see, that recognition isn't just today, parents, when your children are young. But when your children are older, and Ashley's now 30, they're still your children. And it's at that time we still need to remind ourselves all the days of life. This is God's child, not my child. I had the privilege of raising this child. I also have a slide, and yes, I am sucking my gut in. Someone said, you... I don't know how you could tell. <laughs> my son and daughter at a putt-putt golf thing earlier this year. My son has a cast in his arm. A woman pulled out in front of him and was in a bad truck car accident. Praise the Lord that he only broke his wrist and came out of it unscathed. But as a parent, no matter what age, and my son will be 35, my daughter 37 this year, no matter what age, it still grabs your heart, <laughs> and fear still grabs your heart. I use this picture because both of them are standing together, and Michelle, as you know, a couple of years ago, was also diagnosed, and we had a call that all the tests came in that she has lymphoma. When your child, no matter what age, has a bad diagnosis like that, let me tell you, that scares you. That puts fear in you. And your mind is wrapped up in a moment, but God transports your mind back. You say, remember, Tim, when you gave Michelle to the Lord? She's the Lord's. And believe it or not, even in the midst of that fear, God calmed the storm and helped us get through that time. And while friends here were praying, I had some, somebody came to me and said, the Lord said it is not lymphoma, it is sarcoidosis, which is another... It's a chronic ailment of the swelling of the lymph nodes, but the point was it was not lymphoma. And I told Matt, my son-in-law, and he said, well, all the tests say it's lymphoma. And she was in surgery, a biopsy, and the doctors came out, and they said, it's not lymphoma, it's sarcoidosis. <laughs> we can get worried sometimes of our children, and I just want to emphasize parents today that this is not just about today. What you do today will give ripple effects down through your life and your children's lives. And when your children are your age and even older, they will still have ripple effects come back. And I want to encourage you to remember today. Remember today. Drive a stake in the ground and say, you know what? I gave my child to the Lord today. Come what may, no matter what happens, I believe that this child is the Lord's. And I will do my part and train up a child and away he shall go. And I will trust that when he is old, he will not depart from it. That is what baby dedication, child dedication is all about. It's a commitment of ourselves today, in the near future, and the distant future as well. So at this time, I'm going to ask each of the parents if they would just stand for a moment. I'm going to ask them all to stand collectively. 
as I'm going to ask a, a commitment. I love the children in the audience are all participating. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask if this is your mind that you will repeat, we will. Will you do all in your powers to see that your child is raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? If so answer, we will. And will you endeavor to faithfully bring up your child or bring your child to the Lord's house in order to produce a godly habit of worship? If so answer, we will. And will you do all in your power to live a godly life before your children? so that your child would desire to know the same Jesus as their personal Savior, the same Jesus that you know? If so, answer, we will. Congregation, will you do all in your power to encourage this family to raise their children in the Lord? And would you encourage them in their life, their marriage, and their child rearing? Would you do all in your power? If so, answer, we will. Amen. At this time... You can all be seated, and I'm going to ask them to come up a little different. Usually we have them all up at the same time, but I'm going to have them come up separately. So I know some families are here for pictures, and some are here to recognize their own child. And we have opened it up to families. If your, your parents are here, and they would like to come join you as we lay hands on you and pray for the baby, you feel free have them come. So parents, don't be shy. Family members, you want to come up? We've done it before. Family just gather around and they'll lay hands on them and pray for them. So you feel free to do so. First, I'm going to ask the Campbells to come up because they said that Cheyenne would never make it through the first half of service. <laughs> come on up. Come on up. I'm going to ask them to come up and Nate's going to introduce his family. And if you're families with the Campbells and would like to come up and join them, now's a great time to do so. Introduce yourself and your daughter, please. I'll give it to your wife. You're the head of the family. You're the head, but she's the neck that turns the head. I'm Nathan Campbell. <laughs> this is my wife, Becky, and Cheyenne, and little Kaylee. Oh, little Kaylee. We're all here. Amen. I, I told Nathan, that I said, now after you sing a special song to your wife and baby, that will be dismissed. And he's like, Congregation, would you extend a hand of faith as we pray for this family? And I'm going to have you stand just in front of me a little bit. And I'm going to have mom and dad. Sometimes the pastors hold up the child, but it's, this is a parent thing. So I'm going to ask the parents to hold up Cheyenne as they give their daughter to the Lord. All right? Father, as we come before you, we bless you and we thank you for the Campbells. Thank you for their love for you. Thank you that they continue to pursue you. And they bring their children, their, their newborn and the one that is yet to be born, to your house. I thank you for Cheyenne. I pray that she will grow to be a godly woman. That she will know you at a young age. That she will follow you all the days of her life. I pray that you'll put a hedge of protection around her. I ask, Lord, that you just bless the Campbell family. Strengthen them as a family. Grow them as a family. Help them as a family. Unite them tight in the bond of love. And I pray, Father, that all the days of Cheyenne's life, she will indeed be dedicated to the Lord. And her parents will remember this day, come what may throughout life's journey, that they will know this child, Cheyenne, belongs to Jesus. 
And we thank you, we bless you, we ask your blessing on them. In Jesus' name, we all say, Amen, 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 Amen. Amen, Amen. Thanks, guys. Amen. Amen. This time, the Glusen Camp family is going to come up. What's that? Can you go last? Oh, you're busy. No problem. This time, the Bauer clan is going to come. What's that? Anywhere you want. Look at these kids. Are you guys happy to be here? <laughs> Freddie was like, got the little nod going on. Amen. Any of the members of the family like to come up and hang around and pray for them, lay hands? Feel free. Feel free. I'm going to ask Fred Sr. to introduce his family to everybody. Uh, my name's Fred, and uh, this is Freddie and Kylie and uh, Daniel. Here's our new one, and my wife Cindy. And we never had the kids dedicated, uh, and we're ready to do that and give our children to God. Amen. Amen. It's been fun watching the, the Bauer family over the past years, and they drive quite a distance. You got to hear how far they drive the church. I said, man, they are committed. Talk about faithful here in the house of the Lord, whenever they're able to, to be here, they are always here, and their children are here. And their children, you guys are a great delight downstairs. I always hear how they enjoy having you guys. Can we pray for you all? Can mom and dad hold your hand up? Family, it's up here. You want to just lay hands on them? Folks, extend that hand. All right, you know, pray. Can I put your hand on your shoulder? All right. Father, as I come before you, I thank you for this beautiful family. I thank you for these children. These children were fearfully and wonderfully made. You knew their names before the foundation of the world. And today, Father, I thank you for Fred and Cindy dedicating their family, their children. Even at about the same age Samuel is dedicated to say, These children are yours, Lord. And they shall be yours all the days of their life. Father, I just ask that you will bless these children. I pray that each one will know you at a very young age. That they will be faithful to serve you. That you will bring to them someday godly spouses themselves. That the next generation will go on to serve you as well. I ask your anointing on mom and dad. That you will bless them as they raise their children. Give them safety as they travel back and forth. And may they always remember and look back to this day. A day where their hearts gave their children to you. And you gave them back to them to raise. So Father, we ask your anointing on them. Your blessing. And just cover them with your, your Holy Spirit's love and comfort. In Jesus' name we all say, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Give it up. Here, guys. Frederick, Kyle, and Daniel each. They get to have one of these. How do you like that, Daniel? Now, I know you had your eyes closed, but for those who only had one closed, you see Daniel is his head always back to me. So I was like, okay. <laughs> Daniel means God is my judge. Always a great name. Amen. All the kids. Good job, guys. You ready? Last but not least, losing camp family. Hello. 
This is my wife, Haley. And this is our daughter, Rosie. And this is Elsie. <laughs> but don't look at me, Elsie, right? Amen. Elsie was dedicated to the Lord a couple years ago, wasn't it? About two, two, maybe three years, a couple years ago. She's three, so. Three. That's good. I was right. And Rosie. How are you, honey? Are you sticking your tongue out at me for a reason? <laughs> she smiled, and it wasn't gas. <laughs> Let's pray for this family. Father, <laughs> Father, we thank you. We love you. We praise you for just this family. It's such a blessing to us all these years. We thank you that we've been able to watch them grow and the children grow. We thank you for Rosie now coming in as part of their family and part of our extended church family as well. Father, we just ask your blessing on Elsie and Rosie and Gabe and Haley. And Lord, we ask that you'll just bless them. Help Gabe and Haley to be good parents, to be godly parents as they are, and to continue to walk before you. And I pray that their children will know you at a very young age as well. I pray you will protect them from the draw and the temptations of this world. I ask, Lord, that they will just, just walk that straight path that you've laid before each of us. And Father, I pray that they too will have godly spouses. When it is time, Lord, even now you are preparing godly young men for them that will love you and serve you and walk before you. So today as a congregation, we join in their commitment that you will remind them as well of this day that they dedicated themselves and their children afresh and new to you. Bless them, we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Good job, Gabe. Yeah. Thanks. Amen. Isn't this exciting when you see baby dedication? These new family. Isn't this exciting when you see baby dedication? Yeah. These new families. Just serving the Lord and walking before Him. This time I think we're going to sing. Are we going to sing? Let's stand together. Let's sing. The, the first, uh, first person that's going to share this morning is uh, Gabe Glusenkamp. You know, they just did a trip to uh, Mexico. They go every year, and uh, they've been doing it for a long time, and it's, it's fun. We get to see the fruit of their labor. And uh, so it's fun to, to see and hear about that. So if you would, just welcome Gabe up. Well, not up, just up. I'm not actually used to having to hold the mic. Uh, <laughs> so I got some notes, and I actually did think about what I was going to say, um, but was kind of scattered between a three-month-old and a three-year-old and some jobs and things in between. Plus, I'm major type A and ADD, so <laughs> forgive me if some of this is a little broken. Um, so, yeah, there's pictures. Just look at the pictures. Don't look at me. Yeah. That's a trip down. Um, I just want to tell you first, you know, my story is here is a very simple story. Um, trying to keep it simple for myself, um, with some major uh, God instances, primarily in a where, a why, and lots of who's. 
And it's the who's that really make all these unique stories. Um, But first, let's just pray. Thank you, God, for this time. I thank you, God, for the gifts and the talents that come along with all the things that happen in Matamoros. And I just ask that you would bring a peace beyond all understanding, Lord, to every situation there. We pray for Paul even right now, God. For the man that he is all the way here from Nashville to uh, Brownsville, God, we just ask that you would minister to him in this time of need. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I have to stand up. There we go. This is, this is it. Sidebars, lots of sidebars. Um, so before we talk about the plot's climax, which is the who's, um, let me just set the stage real quickly with the where and the why. The where is Matamoros, Mexico. Um, there should be a map. Yep, there we go. So it is just south of Brownsville, which is in the state of Tamaulipas. Um, and there you can see the drive. That's the shop. And all the way down there, that's Matamoros. I think it's like 1,300 miles, and um, the vast majority of the group truck it down with a couple minivans and a trailer full of all the materials. Uh, Matamoros is kind of the northeastern part of the state of Tamaulipas. It's right there next to the southern bank of the Rio Grande, and it's directly across from Brownsville. So Brownsville, Texas, and then you just drive straight across the border, and there you are in Matamoros. Um, that whole area, you know, the group of people there are generally called Tejanos, so Texan, Texans and Latinos, Tejanos, that's just kind of the general uh, category of the people there. Um, it is the fourth largest metropolitan area in the Mexico-U.S. border. There's a lot of traffic moving in and out. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but the, uh, where are we going? Oh, yeah. So. Primarily, there in Matamoros, it's, although it's really big and it is a huge hub for industry, the people there don't make a lot. They work in small part factories. Um, major automotive plants down there make airbags and seat belts and things like that. Um, but talking to Paul, you know, a big reason that he's there and they just are such a need is even, even down in Matamoros where they're making maybe a hundred bucks a week. That's a really good paying job in the factory. A lot of that stuff is getting outsourced to China right now and they're paying them a tenth of that. So think about that, 10 bucks a week, losing jobs to people getting paid 10 bucks a week. Um, So you could think in the presence of that job volatility inside an already impoverished city, you can kind of see why SOS is such a godsend to Matamoros. Um, That kind of leads to the why, which is the mission. Yep, there we go. Paul's mission verse, um, and Paul and Ted at Gonzalez, we'll show you pictures of them, they lead up the ministry, is James 127, Santiago 127. And it says, Pure and undefiled religion before our God and Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself unstained by the world. 
And when we talk about Paul, I'll give you a lot more examples of his unstained ability to uh, continue to press on. But we got a quick video, yeah? Oh, maybe back to the mission after the video. One day in 1995 or so, uh, I came to translate for a group of pastors down here in this Matamoros city dump. And uh, when I was uh, when I was there, uh, I met about three or four hundred people. They were living off the food in the dump, whatever they could scavenge and scavenge to sell and to build their homes. And I've always told people that I came and I never left. Pallets, rotten plywood, sheets. Uh, I leaned up against a house and I felt the whole thing start to fall over. Uh, when we're done, I mean, we call it a glorified mowing shed, but it's a family for six, sometimes a family for eight, sometimes a family for one, but they, uh, it, it's a thousand time improvement from what they had before, that's for sure.
back in 19, uh, 1998, I found a, a couple in their 80s living under a tree. And I took all the money that I had and I built them a little, a little room, which they call their home. Uh, I shared that with another sister in a church up in the Chicago area and she gave me money and I came and built a second house. And so God just evolved sending people uh, our way by mostly by word of mouth. And uh, today we've built 418 homes in the last 10 or, 10 or so years. And so we're just blessed that we're able to serve the poor. God, uh, God said that he who gives to the poor is as if he was lending on the God and God will repay you. And so God has repaid us a million times over uh, with, with blessings, uh, physical and spiritual blessings. And so we're just very thankful that God is continuing to use us and we ask people to come and be a part of, of what we're doing. So that's uh, the back half of a kitchen. Hey, you can clap for sure. <clears throat> that's last year. That uh, right there t on the bottom right. That's Hugo, the director of an elementary school, standing there next to me and mom. And um, that's a ten by sixteen add-on that we put on a kitchen that I think was ten by ten by sixteen. Yeah, I think we doubled it in size. They feed like. 350 some kids out of that little kitchen every day and this year we got to work there and build a little bodega um, which was kind of like a con concession stand style for one of the families that take care of them uh, my brother texted me and said we're running short on time and um, surprise surprise <clears throat> but so you know skipping through the majority of this and just going towards the who the families that we get to work with, you know, it's amazing to see the reward that the team gets because if you ask any one of them that went down there or has gone down there, they'd tell you that a million times over that we feel like we're the ones that are getting something out of this. And, I mean, I'm looking at John or Coley, him and Rick started this the 2003 maybe. I think the Designscape went for the first time in 2008. Um, so it's just amazing stories of God's faithfulness. This year, we built a couple houses. Um, one, we put a little shower on for a lady that just, she's living with her uh, daughter and their family and had gangrene. And then the main story I want to tell you about his faithfulness is a lady named Graciela. Um, she's widowed, and Paul just has such a heart for widows and children. And she's got one son, David. He's probably about 12. And uh, another daughter that I never met. She's about 17 or 18. And she's lived with Paul and Tere for at least two years, and we never thought much of it. She's always smiling, just thought she was kind of help. Um, and turns out that her house has been falling down for like five years. Never said anything to anyone, never complained to me about it one bit. And I've had long conversations with this lady. And so this year, God showed up in a major upgrade, because not only did we rebuild her house, but that little pink uh, kitchen that you saw just right to the next of that, we built another 12 by 16 um, building that is her bodega. So she, at the school, has a place now where she can sell little candies to the kids and just a way to move herself up. So she got a new house and a new office all in one trip. Um, so that was a really neat story. And you guys, I'm not even going to retell it. You've heard me tell Rosie's story, and you've seen her here um, a couple of years ago. You know, just seeing God's faithfulness. You'll see some of the pictures of her 
Um, no. Anyway, you'll see pictures of her uh, little brothers and sisters. And that was in 2008, I think, when we went down there. And she actually, you'll see in a couple pictures later, she just got married two weeks ago. So it's just an awesome deal. Um, the team, you know, I said we get the majority of the blessings. Um, really just stand behind Isaiah 6, 8. Um, just to be the hands and the feet, you know, who shall I send, who will go for us? And we said, you know, here we are, send us. Um, because of the primary demographics of our team, we just primarily work all day. That's really kind of how we do things. We start at 7.30 and get back to the hotel around 6 and eat and fellowship and then just start over again. But in the midst of the work, God manages to instill an overflowing measure of joy as we get to see his heart flourish in the lives of the beautiful creations that you're seeing in these pictures that have so little. You know, simple comforts like heat and air conditioning, plumbing and sanitary stations, people that went and have been know that awesome smell of Matamoros, uh, trash disposal. The place, the Colonia where we work actually was the city dump. So you see some pictures of just trash going down through, um, even just clean water. Um, you know, we've been coming down there for over 12 years and it's heavy pressed of La Mania, the mafia groups, and armed guards all the time, but somehow we just always, God has managed to put this bubble of protection over Paul and his group, you know, from driving down some streets and turning around real quick because of a gunfight. I mean, it's just amazing how God protects everyone and conditionally just protects Paul. Um, <laughs> man, there's a lot of stories. So, in 2008, I want to tell you the biggest story that I've seen about God's faithfulness is this proven trip and trip. And you've heard us talk about, I mean, just like you guys came through. And I think we took eight windows, and there's a, several more at the shop. And I know some people are going to bring some more. And Paul's coming up here in a couple months to pick the rest of that up. But being able to be totally free in your giving and not really worrying about who's going to provide, but just knowing that God's going to provide. That started in, um, for me when I saw uh, Jess's dad, Gary Smith, give away his tools to Rosie's uh, dad. You know, he was without job, laid up, and we built him a house, and then he built a little add-on on that house, and then they built a little bodega and started selling wares, and then they ended up moving out of that area. And, you know, Rosie's now married and graduated college. It's just amazing the stretch of that giving um, when you just don't know where it's going to come from. So in <clears throat> finishing up, if you'd go to the slides of Paul, please. So Paul, that's not Paul. He is the coach, you know, in, in this whole stretch. He's the one that unfailingly continues he lives there you know he doesn't need to live there he's had people offer him places to stay in a lot nicer areas and what is amazing to me there he is <clears throat> is how he's been able to keep clean hands um, Psalms 24 4 says the one who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not set his mind on what is false and who has not sworn deceitfully you wouldn't believe <laughs> that's a good picture. you wouldn't believe the interest that people have in trying to get Paul to side with them. There's three main factions. La Mania, or the Mafia, <clears throat> there's two groups, El Golfo and Los Cetas. And then the government 
is equal as heavy pressure. Um, and surprise, surprise, you know, they're totally corrupt. In uh, Paul's, in the Colonia, I was talking to Tere, and she was thinking back to a couple of years ago where there was over 600 different cartel uh, partying in the streets of their uh, little area inside Paul and Tere's house, you know, walked in, shooting guns, drinking beer. It's just amazing that yet continue to protect them. Um, and we've seen it far off. I mean, next to his house, they surround him. Next to his church, they surround him. Even at the school that we work on, the front and the back of the block, La Magna controls that area. But Paul continues to keep his nose clean. And for someone that has so little, it's just amazing to me. Um, a quick story, last year, like I said, the government's totally corrupt. And even right now, the outgoing mayor is pushing cops to pull over people to take bribes for just little traffic tickets. Um, no one uses lights in Mexico, so it's amazing that they could get away with that. But just trying to pat his pockets before he takes office. Um, a government official, she, we, were, we all eat as a group. Paul and his wife and the whole group that goes. And last year, this government official and a couple of her cohorts just sat down next to us. I'm sitting there with Paul, and she just sits down, just invites herself to sit down. And they're speaking in Spanish. And I speak Spanish, but not quickly like they do. And, you know, I'm catching the gist of it. And it's a lot of, you know, we could help you if you just help us. And this, this lady, I mean, she tried to stick her business card in Paul's hand a dozen times. And he just politely said no. You know, this guy who doesn't know where his next 50 bucks is going to come from. And that kind of commitment is something that we don't see here. And I think that's what's important to take away is that the mission is building houses for those that are in need. But our mission is Paul. And what he does in that group as a 60-plus-year-old man, it's just amazing God's provision that continues to pull over on him. Um, when I first met him, he had just fallen off the trail, uh, like an 18-wheeler trailer. The very first time I met him, just totally bonked off, hit himself in the head, and he's there helping us get materials together and acts like it's nothing. You know, this guy continues to just have this aw shucks attitude about things you know god's faithfulness over them is beyond what we could imagine um tere just last year was going down to tamaulipas to see her mom and the cartel pulled over their bus thought someone was on the bus that they were trying to get turns out it wasn't praise god but yet they were there so they decided to go ahead and just rob everybody but yet walking down the line they look at Tere, and they just pass her up. They're laughing because we would pass her up, too. She's fierce. Um, <laughs> but, you know, through every obstacle, and they continue to live in the middle of this all, this video Seth put together five or six years ago, and I talked to Paul yesterday. He said 520 homes to date. That's the real deal, you know. Job 17.9, nevertheless, the righteous will hold to his way, and he who has clean hands will go stronger and stronger. <laughs> That's when we first saw him, 2008. So 
just ending. I was talking to Paul yesterday, and he sounded just totally bonked out. I mean, he's always tired, but wasn't making a lot of sense. And it took a while for him to say that he was in the hospital. And he looked rough the whole time we were there, but never complained about it at all. And he went in because he wasn't feeling well, and they told him that he needed to stay right there because he had just, he had recently had two heart attacks. And he said, you know, I'm feeling good, I'm hungry, but they're taking care of me, you know, and God's in control. And he's, this guy's totally exhausted, and he says, but I know that my place is here, and now that I can be here in the hospital, I can get myself taken care of. But there was work to be done. That's what he said. There's work to be done. So he spent the whole week working with us, working with another group, having heart attacks. <laughs> you know, it's just totally amazing. So in finishing, I just... Can we just lift our hands up in a prayer for Paul? God, I thank you so much for the man that he is. I thank you so much for the example that he sets, that fatherly example. We just pray right now your shalom peace would overwhelm him, God, in the midst of everything that's going on, that you would just bring peace. Jehovah Jireh, we thank you that you provide, and we just give you all the glory for the victories that are to come for the good reports that I'm going to hear when I call them as soon as we leave. Thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Exciting to see what God's doing in Mexico. And I want to encourage you if you'd like to be part of that, they have room, they get you in there. And so whether you're painting or building or whatever it is, Am I too far up front? Is this why this sounds funny or is this because I sound funny? They're working on me. My wife's going to come at this time and we're going to move the easel over. We call the Magna Carta for our new members. We're going to receive our new members and we'll close our service out. And then two weeks from today, I want to encourage you to be out as we hear what God's doing and has done in the Philippines with our trip, the group that was just there couple weeks ago and so looking forward to see what God's going to do at that time as your name is called if you'd come up sign the Magna Carta I already gave her a pen first off welcome Kathy Roberts give it up for Kathy Roberts Kathy, what a gal. She runs the entire Lutheran Hills camp by herself. Young men, did you hear that? Ron and Kathy, you just come on over here. We're going to pray for you all. In a second, Ron and Jill Lynn, please come down. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Very yeah, nice beard. Nice beard. Take, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, one for each. 
been exciting over the years to watch as the Lord continues to bring folks to our assembly. And we already have one of these covenant agreements out in our hallway. And good to have it. Your husband took it. See, he's always taking care of you. Watch out for you. Stephen Faith Betcher, newly moved here. Stephen Faith. Welcome to the neighborhood. Welcome, welcome. We always have the guy hold the certificate because the women's handwriting's better. Faith spent three years living in East Berlin as a missionary. Seven? Seven years in East Berlin. So, ja, sprechen Sie Deutsch, ja? Ja, speaks German. And... Steve also spent time in Belarus serving, and both of them been through Bible college. Appreciate it. He could just stay here, be fine. And now Nelson and Christine, or Chris Pointer. Come down. Come down. The Pointers hail from greater Indianapolis area. <laughs> Appreciate them being down there to take care of her father, lived here in Brown County and come now to move to the area. Welcome, guys. This time I'm going to ask the elders if they come forward and our new members, if they just step forward a little, are going to have our elders just lay hands on you, pray. Some of our elders are out. The rest of us are going to stand as we close our service out. I'm going to extend a hand of prayer. Now, I know I gave you five minutes between services, but... Due to our timing, you should have six and a half minutes. <laughs> Don't say I never let you out early. So the elders are just going to come behind here. New members move forward. It's always exciting to receive new members. We have the elder or chairman of our elder board, Ron Eddins. His last chairman duty will be to pray for our new members today. Send a hand of faith as we receive it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus and all that he's done for us. Lord, we thank you for these new members of our family here this morning. And truly, they're part of your family and they're part of our family, Lord. So we just pray that you would bless them in the days ahead. Thank you for them. Use them mighty here in your kingdom, Lord. And help us as a body of believers to lift them up in prayer to support them in all they do here in the body, Lord. Just thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. What's that? And it's awesome. It's, it's good stuff. It's good morning. Celebration Sundays are a blast. Um, hey, before we leave, uh, just wanted to, you know, one of the things that we do in the community a lot is uh, every year there's this, um, event uh, for a bunch of girls. They get dresses, and um, and so there's a bunch of them here that have their shirts on, glass slipper. And uh, Allison said, if you guys could all meet downstairs in the foyer, like get a picture with everybody that as new life member that serves. It's awesome. We have a huge team. There's a lot of churches involved, but we have a huge team that joins in on that. And so, if you guys could meet her downstairs, it'd be great. You guys are. Um, dismissed and we'll see um, you guys Five in a few minutes. minutes. Six Five. minutes. Six, Six minutes. minutes.